You are listening to Take On Life. This is your host, Dr. Dan Continenza. Have you heard the good news? We just discovered that there's a factor, a secret factor within every single human being that we can actually utilize, we can turn it on inside of ourselves to help fight off illness, to help decrease disease, increase longevity, increase brain function, and all levels of health, and make ourselves more resilient against any illness in the world. Can you imagine what's going to happen when we finally start to implement this new discovery into our world today, how fast things are going to change? Now, I'm telling you the truth, but it's not a new discovery. It's something we've known for a long time. But what would it take for you to believe it, for you and everyone to believe it? Maybe you already do, but do you embody it? All right, that's the real test. Can we understand it and implement it into our everyday lives? So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the fact that the story we tell ourselves within the world, on the news, in the media, in scientific research, in medicine, from our government, and even in our own families, and even in our own heads, that the story we tell ourselves is not the story that I just laid out. The story we tell ourselves is much different and it's much less capable, much lower potential for success, for health, for vitality. And yet, within it, each and every one of us right now is a factor, a principle, an expression waiting to be set free of health and resilience and adaptability. Now, what I'm talking about is telling a certain kind of story and believing that story and then living by that story. And what's going to happen if we can do that is it's going to change our lives as individuals and as a species. It's going to change our experience of being alive. And it's going to change the way we go about this thing called life through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. But... Aren't facts facts? And don't the facts build up to tell us what science knows and and what's true and what's not true? And it's nice to have a good positive story, but when the facts say X, Y, Z, you can't just tell a story about ABC and expect it to all change, right? The reality is that's wrong. Or at least it's only partially true. Now, what are some examples of stories we can tell ourselves that are either simultaneously possible or unprovable and therefore could not possibly be black and white, right? How about this? And I said this last episode already. I'll use this one again. Einstein once suggested that the most important decision we can make is whether we believe that we live in a hostile or benevolent universe. A hostile or benevolent universe. And you say, well, maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe it's not black and white. And you're right, it's not black and white. It's a lot of gray. There's a lot of nuance in the world. But we can use that frame of reference to compare and contrast the way we actually relate to the world and the beliefs we have about specific things in our lives. And we can start to see where we've been told or programmed to believe in hostility when in fact we would have a more natural... um, inclination to see benevolence, right? Uh, Biology, 
and nature and illness and disease versus health, as I talk about on a regular basis, is one of those platforms where we can see that in a lot of the ways we've been programmed to see hostility from nature against humanity or from our bodies against ourselves, when in reality, we can shift our focus to one of benevolence and it changes our actual existence. Other stories include God exists, God does not exist. There's one God, there are many gods, right? Those are essentially story-based frameworks, belief structures that people adopt and they affect you very deeply. Now, some people don't put a lot of importance on that question. Some of us do. And the more importance we put on that question, the more importance we attribute to that story, to that belief structure, the more it impacts our reality. If you don't believe it, just ask around. That question of God is a very powerful one that really changes people's experiences. It really changes their lives. It really changes how their lives unfold. The world is cooperative. The world is competitive. Biology is cooperative. Biology is competitive. Evolution is cooperative. Evolution is competitive. Both of those things are beliefs about the world. Yes, it's nuanced. Yes, there's gray area. But we can test ourselves against our own unconscious biases and figure out what we believe about the world. And this is important because unless we get our story straight, then we're living someone else's life. We're living someone else's death. We're living someone else's possibility and potential, not our own. And if there's one thing we owe to ourselves, it's to create the kind of life that has the greatest potential for happiness, success, and fulfillment. And how that goes for each of us is going to be dictated by the stories we tell ourselves, believe it or not. And this is not abstract. Well, I should say, <laughs> it is abstract. And it's also practical. It is conceptual. And it is also factual. For instance, Joe Dispenza points out, I read this in his book, You Are the Placebo, highly recommend, that, and this is pretty close to a direct quote, our interpretation of facts and the meaning that we give to them dictates our genetic expression. And that is true, that the way we interpret the world, the facts we're given, and the meaning that we attribute to those facts, right? Go back to the God conversation. People give a different meaning to that question. Does God exist or does God not exist? The meaning we give to our interpretation of facts dictates or at least strongly influences genetic expression. And genetic expression, when we're talking about biology, is just about everything because it's where everything starts. Genetic expression is how we get two cells to turn into trillions. And the organization inherent within that process is so deep and profound that if we choose to see the amazing potential within the ability to alter that expression, then we start to see the amazing potential that we can activate and embody by changing our story about the world. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to lay out a story about the world, 
a story about the way things work as I see it. And you're going to resonate with some of it and you won't with other parts. And some of it will make you go, hmm, and you'll think about it and you might adopt it. And what I'm trying to do for myself is to carefully formulate the story by which I live my life in a way that creates the greatest potential for success, the greatest potential for impact, for positive impact, for responsible involvement in my own life, my own actions, my own decision, and in a way that allows me to spread the most positive transformation and change to the rest of the world. And as usual, we're going to start to tie in a whole series of health-related biological correlations that are altered depending on the story that I lay out here. And again, the importance of the story is the story changes how we interpret facts and the meaning we give to the world around us, thereby altering our genetic expression. The story also changes the framework by which we manifest our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our emotions. And those thoughts, those words, those actions, and those emotions also dictate our genetic expression, dictate our expression of life, and alter it day by day, choice by choice, thought by thought, emotion by emotion. And so this is the story already beginning to unfold. It's a story where we are so intimately connected to our own lives, we're so intimately connected to the outcome of our own expression, of our own behavior, of our own thoughts and emotions, that it really invites us deeper into a sense of awe and curiosity and attentiveness into how our life is unfolding as a result of our actions, ultimately as a result of our genetic expression. So we'll start at the top that there's an intelligence that underlies the entire framework of existence, creating a field of organizing influence upon all of matter. And this universal intelligence provides matter with all of its properties and maintains all forms within existence. Included within that is biological life. And that intelligence is pervasive through the whole universe contiguous with the human form and all forms of life, bacterial, fungal, plant, animal. And this intelligence is always present in all things that are living and non-living, always organizing, always manifesting. And because all things are influenced and organized by this intelligence, all things exist in harmony with one another, influencing each other, organized with respect to each other, interconnected and interrelated. In biology, that means all processes, all expressions of life, all forms and functions, in cooperation and in community. No thing exists by itself. All things exist within the framework of matter organized by this intelligence that underlies all of creation. So every single living thing is fueled by this principle of wholeness, of unification. And so this thing is holistic. Holistic meaning that all parts are connected and that each organized 
grouping of parts becomes something greater, that the whole itself is even greater than each part combined. Because it's in communication and community and connectedness that meaning begins to arise. And so as the creation is organized, greater and greater meaning begins to take place, begins to arise within the creation itself. And all along the way, this invisible force is at work, influencing, organizing, and creating. When it gets to a life form, that life form is plugged in 24-7 from the moment that it blinks into existence through the entirety of its life, plugged in to the life-giving force of this intelligence. Therefore, it is always in communication. It is always in harmony with this intelligence. And it is only when that communication is disrupted, when the message is interfered with as the message of the intelligence is pervaded and spread across the stuff of creation to take place as the expression of life. It's only when that interference of that message is in place that biological life falters, that there's an error or a dysfunction. And when that function is disrupted, not only does the whole of creation conspire to correct the dysfunction, the dysfunction itself often points in the direction of the correction, in the direction of healing. So we'll pan out and lock ourselves into a point in time right now in history. Here we are. We're humans living in a society that is not fueled by cooperation, that is not fueled by harmony, that is not fueled by interconnectedness, but rather employs greed and separation and division and deceit. And what we see is a humanity that is confused and struggling, struggling for survival, despite the modern amenities of the 21st century, struggling for meaning, despite the eons of existence and the countless ancestral lineages where wisdom has been accumulated and passed down, and the innumerable methods of communicating with that which is greater than ourselves, or smaller, or deeper, or wider, or more profound. Yet still, we struggle for meaning. And on top of that, or as a result, we suffer. We suffer physically, and emotionally, and mentally, and relationally, and spiritually. And on a physical level, we feel it the most, because it's obvious, it's in our face. Because all of these sufferings, all of these pains, all of these separations, all of these miscommunications, interferences between the perfection of the intelligence that organizes all creation and the expression of creation as biological life, as a human being. This interference leads ultimately to a physical expression of disease, of suffering, and of pain. Because we have but one physical body, and all things are expressed through the physical body. And so we suffer. And we suffer individually, and we suffer collectively, and we suffer across time, and we suffer in spurts and cycles, 
and we call it chronic disease. We call it infectious disease. We call it cancer. It's dysfunction, destruction, separation. We call it all sorts of things, but it's all one thing. It's the miscommunication between the intelligence that fuels life and the expression of it. And yet, oftentimes, our reaction is to fight against it, is to try to suppress this suffering, to eradicate the pain, the illness, the disease, to eradicate all the signs and symptoms that tell us that we're disconnected, that tell us we're disorganized and dysfunctional, that tell us that we've lost communication with the intelligence of life and of creation. And in doing so, we hide the answer from ourselves. And we bury our heads in the sand and we keep trudging forward despite having caught on fire. When, in actuality, the water to douse the flames is all around us and inside of us. We are the cure of our own disease. And that's where that principle comes in play that I said right off the bat, this discovery that we can all make on a daily basis because it is a daily effort to remember the simplicity of the principle that says within us is the ability to connect, to create harmony, and to begin healing. Healing on an individual level and on a collective level. Because what we see as the ills of humanity are the symptoms of a long line of dysfunction and miscommunication, disconnection from a source of our very being. And instead, we trudge on. What if we turned inward? What if we really analyzed our story, the lens through which we look at the world around us that dictates our actions and our thoughts and our emotions, that quite literally are the source of our own problems, our actions across time, the quality of our emotions, the thoughts we think alter our DNA, affect our immune system, affect our nervous system communication, affects our relationship to the innumerable beings within each of our bodies that make up our ecosystem, our community of cooperation and communication. The community inside of us is a sign of the importance of harmony and of communication. We turn outward and we attack. There's a war on biology. There's a war on disease. That war needs to end because war is not what breeds life. War can never breed life. And yet here we are, warring against disease. When in reality, the disease is there to show us the way that we've mistaken ourselves. We've mistaken our identity. We've mistaken our relationship to the world around us, to the world in which we live. And it's so interconnected that even your posture affects your genetic expression. Even your thoughts affect your family members. Even your emotions affect your grandchildren before they're born and afterwards. Everything affects everything. Everything is connected because all things are the fingers of the glove filled by the hand of the creator. In this very moment, expressing perfection, offering perfection, offering the answer, offering the way out. And it's coded into our biology. It's coded into humanity. It's coded into the fabric of existence that harmony breeds life, that communication breeds life. 
and that life is the normal expression of biology. And that is a wrap. Right at this point in the episode, my daughter Izzy woke up from a nap, so I had to go. So in the future, we'll pick up with more on this topic. What do we do differently in our lives, individually and collectively, if we look at the world this way? How can we use illness and disease as a signpost? And what is it telling us specifically about our lives, about the world? And what are the specific ways with which we are able to impact and influence our communication in our nervous system, our DNA and our genetic expression, our relationship with the microbes inside of our body, so on and so forth. Also, make sure to tune in for January's episodes. We have some amazing guests scheduled for conversations that are sure to be uh, out of this world. And I'm looking forward to sharing them with you. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Take On Life with your host, Dr. Dan Contenenza. This podcast is brought to you by Tone of Life Family Chiropractic and Wellness. Tone of Life specializes in helping children and families in the Northeast Ohio region achieve their health potential through gentle chiropractic and craniosacral care. To find out if you and your family can benefit from a healthier brain and nervous system, visit toneoflifeohio.com and schedule your free consultation today.